Strummer, you whiny, hypocritical bogeys with your colour TV sets and your Italian Japanese golf clubs and your bleeding Masonic secret handshakes, you wouldn't let me join, would you? <laughs> I've started recording, by the way. <laughs> That'd be copyrighted by Monty Python. <laughs> Too late. Hello, I am now friend. We wait, pleased to meet you. I forgot what John was. That's okay, we like mysteries. Oh, we go, that's fine. I didn't know how much sugar you want, so I just put some. Oh, she did good. Can I take her home? You can. <laughs> Please, five weeks, take five weeks. You can come home with me and look after me, ma'am. So, what, what did you get? Okay, well, did the cappuccino have chocolate? No. Okay. Right, that's what it says, isn't it? I think so. Couldn't tell you. She did, and then I put them over the back of the seat. Okay, that's fine. Oh, it's like cappuccino. Yeah. I don't know, I don't have one of these. Thank you. 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 Yes. Put the heat up. Just check that's still recording, will you? Is it on? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not. Going. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go. 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 No. Go. 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 Sorry, I can't say the letter B. What's C? Yes, due to a trauma I suffer when I was on ladder, right by a bat. What, a cat? No, a bat. Well, can you say the letter K? Oh, certainly. Kinky, khaki, King's Body's Bainbridge. Well, how about spelling colour with a K? Well, I spell butter with a K. Colour. Oh, I am a silly bunny. <laughs> anyway, straight to YouTube, that one. Yeah. Well, on that note, we might as well just start with that, shall we? That's the opening of the uh, the, the podcast. So, uh, guys, this is the first time that we have done it face-to-face. Indeed. Because we thought, you know, in this current outbreak of coronavirus, we might as well get together and do it. <laughs> that <be>. makes sense. Obviously. <laughs> and to make it even better, we brought someone who's a little bit older to, to sit next to us. <laughs> uh, and Rick says he's here because he was teaching a wonderful seminar yesterday. So, we will get right into it, shall we? Everyone knows Martin, Dr. Martin Sensei. So, first question from Paul Oren. I've seen videos on biomechanics where people have said there is a, correct, a correlation between hip rotation speed and ball speed for pitching a baseball. Uh, is this true and can it link to karate punches power, i.e. hip speed and punching power? Yes and yes. Excellent, next question. Next question. <laughs> my <laughs> balls move quicker when I use my hips. Your balls move quicker. Yeah. I know where this is going. Don't <laughs> <laughs> really This is going to be either really, really good or really, really bad. Right, well, the, the first point to make is to clarify my scientific academic status as not a biomechanist, which some people may be confused with because you keep using the word biomechanics mm. in the talk. Uh, I'm a sports scientist with a limited knowledge of biomechanics, which probably puts me at a much higher level than most karate people because they haven't any sports science at all. Um, so usually I just ask Dr. Mark Payton a question, he tells the answer and I let you know. You, you translate. Translate, there you go, that's my, my yeah. favourite. Yeah. Uh, but then for Paul's question, the connection between hip rotation, ball speed with uh, baseball, uh, yes, there is a relationship but there's lots of stages in between that can impact that relationship. So it's, think of it as a, rather than having a rod where you move one end and the other end will move, it's a chain. Mm. And there's lots of links in that chain. And if the links are, 
correctly aligned and all synchronized at the right time, then you get a very good cause and effect relationship. However, if you have one break in that link, then it's reduced. If you have multiple breaks in the link, then it's reduced even further. Because, sorry, but because some people like really kind of become hip centric, don't they? And they mm -hmm. really focus on a fast rotation of the hip and then it breaks the link rather than the slower yes. rotation of the hip which and then maintaining your link. So the link is more important, yeah? The link, it's the, it's the synchronicity. It's the, the, the timing and the balance and the, the yin and the yang all coming together. It's the positioning of the, mm. of the final output from the start. And it has to be together, it has to be coordinated. Cool. So the main, the main answer to that is you need a bat. <laughs> Not a cat. No, Not a cat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Rick says any, anything, anything further to add to that? No, <laughs> just, no. just the, the bat. Get a bat, get a bat, okay. Uh, from Pele. Uh, if you measure motion energy, you can think of two completely different things. One, that the movement forward with, for example, one arm can be doubled if the energy in the other backward arm um, is completely uh, transferred to the other. Or two, your hip and thus your body mass move in the same direction as the stroke and thus increase the total moving mass, uh, which increases the force of the stroke more with mass than with speed. I guess that's why, for example, Rotuke is performed in Kokutstach um, with both co-rotating and counter-rotating hips. Complicated, we'll probably better talk about this over a beer. I don't know quite what, if that was a question in that, but there is a, certainly a point of view. There's, there's, there's a point of view, and I think the point is actually linked to force. Yeah. And that he's talking about uh, the hip rotation linking to the ball speed in baseball. Yeah. That point is the fact that he's talking about one arm pulling back is pushing the arm out. Ah. And the answer actually is exactly it's exactly the same. Mm. Yes, you will increase the energy of the arm going out with correct as you're being pulling back. Mm. If you time it wrong, you won't. Yeah. So if you have to, it has to be together. Uh, Senator Matt Payne's analogy is the seesaw. So if you have a rigid seesaw in one position at the bottom and you you put a small force on the on the other end, you will you will move it. Mm. If it's a very singular rigid body. Yeah. As soon as you introduce any variation in that, it does it doesn't work as well. So uh -huh. it must be coordinated. Yeah. So the correct so egotay must be there in order to maximize your power. But if you go say pulls back and then your arm punches out, yeah. you've wasted the energy. Well so in that analogy of the seesaw you're saying that like there's a direct transfer between the pressure that you put on the top seesaw yeah. to the bottom seesaw but, but only the if there's but a rigid, rigid but the body human body isn't rigid so so the pulling back of hikite has to be linked and connected and if it's not it has no possible transfer possibility exactly and that that analogy probably explains a lot of the issues with people trying to understand physics yeah and mechanics in martial arts mm -hmm. because they that the physics, the laws of physics, the movements, the forces, we all learn that as the basics. Mm. But the translation and application of that to the human body mm -hmm. is an area of study that people dedicate their lives to and still don't have the answers. Mm. And we come in as Karadakai, do a couple of years training and go, oh, laws of physics, yeah, we yeah. can easily understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the people studying it can't give us a correct answer yeah. because none of the sums add up yeah. because there's, there's so many variables in between. Yeah. To be certain is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But to be well, no, to be to be uncertain is uncomfortable. But to be certain is absurd. Yeah, yeah. Rick says, do you think you can take out power to your punch? Well, no. I think the main thing about a seesaw is that you got to be the same weight. Because I remember as a lad sitting on a seesaw, my brother jumping on the other. I went right up in the air and split my nose. Oh, really? Yeah. So seesaws work good, yeah. but uh, they've got to be balanced. I don't know if that's <laughs> either just really superficial or really deep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, day. I mean, it does increase the power of your punch. It does. But only if it's done at the same time. <laughs> you know, there's a huge debate online about about Hikite. No. Yeah. Well, I can expect there is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's but it's not necessary. I think that I think the people people make the leap of saying it is necessary in order to create power. No. Which is absurdly. We were isn't. doing this last night, you yeah. doing it differently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's a quite a good training mechanism, isn't it, to get that link initially. Just and then tidy. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Doing well. So, third question. Uh, karate is primarily known for the straight uh, line uh, techniques. When it comes to circular techniques like Morshigiri, do you see benefits in not following through with the kick? It's uh, something I see, this is from Ross, um, mm-hmm. almost all karate struggle with, even when hitting bags or pads. The regular practice of stopping the kick in Kihon teaches them to hold back their hips, hold the hips back in order to land in a correct stance, which seems superficial. Is there any mechanical benefit to a Kihon style of Mawashigeri, um, or is it outdated mode of practice? I have actually already Facebook answered Ross on this to explain uh, what we can do is set up a weekend where they can come to Loughborough and we can actually draw the measurements and show the numbers. Yeah. Uh, the answer is that the the controlled washigari that we teach with the snap back and back of the stance teaches your body movement patterns. Movement patterns. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing uh, shikakai where they swing around and the momentum mm-hmm. follows through or kaito shinkakai mm-hmm. or even the Muay Thai when they do the spin. It, you, you will get maybe a faster foot speed at the very end of it, mm. but it will take longer to actually get there in the mm. first place. If you very telegraph movement, you can see it coming, mm. but once you see it coming, you can't stop it, you need to get out of the way of it. Mm. So it's different kicks for different purposes. Mawashi mm. uh, from Shotgun is very, very controlled. It, we have a, a, a true exponent of Mawashi set over there. It works very, very well. Mm. There's absolutely no limitation in power. Mm. It, it can drop somebody as easy as any other kick. Yeah. If done correctly, the, sh- the Shotokan washi gives you a much better level of control there. Mm. It means you don't have Especially to. Especially with steel toe caps on. It is really. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to pull back then. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's that balance, isn't it? It's always, it's always a kind of a balancing act between the, the weight that you, the mass that you can put into it and the speed that you can put um, put mm-hmm. into it. So, like like Shotokan Morshigeri, like if you think about Kagawa Sensei's. Front leg Mawashigeri, like he would, he would, like from Kamai, front leg Mawashigeri, and score perfectly with it because mm-hmm. it was so devastatingly fast. Uh, whereas, like a Kyokushin karate, like you say, off the back leg, winding up, like if it hits you, it'll cut you in half. So it's like yeah. it's mass versus so with speed. With the Mayashi Mawashi, when you use your front leg, mm-hmm. the way I always perform it, and understand it, is the foot leaves the hip. So the okay. sharp, so the foot goes first and the hips yeah. part goes in, in finally. The, yeah, yeah. the big Mawashi from Kyashi, mm. you fire it with your hip, but when I could still kick, mm. I always pushed my hips on impact. Okay. So I didn't turn them. Mm. I lifted, turned them into the momentum, but mm. then as the leg locked, I pushed my hips a bit more like a comic. You support them, like kind of. Yeah. yeah, and it stops you dead. Yeah. 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 And uh, breaks your hips. But it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kirigeri, like front leg Marshi, yeah. the foot leaves the hip, I find. Oh, okay. the foot, the hip yeah, comes yeah, in last. Yeah, yeah. But the big Marshigeri, the hip fires yeah. the, the turn, but then you shouldn't uh, contain, you shouldn't release the hip too much because then it overgoes. Mm. So, imagine you've got your Kiyashi and the hip done, that's the fire. Yeah. Then it transfers to the leg. Yeah. But what I used to do then was push my hip in the direction okay. of the kick. So on the kiashi, yeah. I could then punch some of the things. KGB competitions. Well, you were saying last night about kind of a Terry O'Neill sensei as well, kind of having that kind of winding, uh, you know, kind of taking a couple of people out with the Uramawash or Mawashi Gary, like uh, unstoppable. Uh, Terry could do things which weren't human. Yeah. Yeah, no, he just total master of his, of his legs yeah, and kicks. Yeah. Well, I suppose there's a huge amount of mass behind it as well. Yeah, yeah a lot of power behind it. But we never thought about stuff like that. You know, this is all new, the mechanics yeah. of how it goes. Yeah. You know, we just kicked in. But better, better kind of knowledge earned through hard work than knowledge earned through yeah. just thinking about it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's physically learned knowledge, right? Yeah. It's just Experiential just, learning. That's what I meant to say. I don't really know what you're talking about, but... Experiential yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just lost my... Uh, oh, what have I done? Oh, she's pretty. <laughs> Just for evidence. 
Okay. Next question. Next question. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Simon has asked a question. Uh, what weight training uh, lifts mm. would you recommend for karateka? Heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, snatch, snatches? Yes. Okay, next okay. question. <laughs> uh, one of the things about karate is that you, it uses so many muscles. Mm. And you need to have a range of exercises in order to be able to cover all those muscle groups that you use. Because we engage the body and therefore you have to train the body which means all the muscles mm. so just going to the gym and doing bicep curls for the beach yeah. is going to get your big biceps it's not going to allow your whole body to be able to do the exercise you need a range of exercises and you need heavy weights in order to build up the strength and you need the lighter weights to get the full range and the speed of motion but you know, any any of the top crowd will have done weights mm. and they will have done a range of weights and they'll have done them for a long time Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was heavy into weights yeah. at one point. Yeah, well, only for the beach. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know. <laughs> karate, <laughs> you see, in my view, then karate makes karate better. Yeah. Running makes running better. Oh. Weight training makes weight training better. Okay. But uh, of course, it's all changed now. But I did use weights, you know, especially mm. being very skinny. Yeah. And not too much power, but mm. create a lot of. Uh, whip in the left and yeah. using my limbs. Yeah. So anything that kept me safe-ish in Japan was my reach. Yeah. I, my, my arms were longer than their legs. Yeah, yeah. So I became pretty masterful with Kazami. Mm. Yeah, I needed it. Yeah. But yes, weight training. Yeah. So seriously, you, you never did it for shot karate, you just did it for No, I did it for physique. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's the truth. I've still got hope. Okay, next. Yeah. next yeah. Alexander Best, uh, how does body usage of Shotokan, as mentioned by Ross, compare to how other styles apply themselves, especially um, the more rotational styles? The same answer, really. It's, it's different. It's different horses for different causes. The rotational styles will give you uh, a faster speed, mm -hmm. but they will take much longer. Mm. They're, you, you, they're telegraphed. Yeah. Uh, a shotgun kick will arrive very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, Kaito Shinkai, you'll see it coming, yeah. but you won't be able to stop it. Yeah. Uh, and they train it, it's different purposes. Uh, Kaito Shinkai, you, you don't punch to the head. Mm -hmm. So if you get Kazamis in the face mm -hmm. against a Kazami expert, then you're, you're going up, but they yeah. never do that. Yeah. Therefore, their defense and their attack is built around that type of environment. Yeah. Uh, boxers never get kicked, mm -hmm. therefore, they're always open to being kicked. So there's, there's lots of techniques that are being specialised for certain purposes mm. and we lose sight of what, what that purpose is and why yeah. it was developed. And it may be the fastest movement in that case, but if you're stood in front of somebody, they have to play by your rules. Mm. That's not how life works. I was, I, was, all of it. Yeah, I was reading something recently about, I think it was the Durant paradox, or the Durant paradox, something where, I can't remember quite the, the title of the, of the, the theory, but... Basically, he was saying that um, any axiomatic truth is automatically flawed because because it is taking out certain aspects of reality in order to greater understand reality. And yeah. so, therefore, you might have a greater depth of understanding, but only within the parameters that you've studied. So, yes. you know, so, so for example, you know, MMA being the ultimate fighting contest. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but not if you fall badly as you take someone to the ground or they're kicking you in the head or whatever it is, you know. And even then, even within that kind of very small microcosm, you can get, you get, you know, the Gracie brothers kind of dominated for a while and then, mm -hmm. then the other people found out a way to beat them and then they dominate. And, and it's always kind of like, yeah. this truth is better than this truth is better. But it's all basically truths that aren't actual reality. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of fits the same. Like, you, if you're going to study circular techniques, then sure, that's going to be really super powerful. Mm. But then another, someone will say, well, I'm faster. Or if you study fast techniques, you'll be like, oh, that's super fast, yeah, but I'm more powerful. And it's always that balance, isn't it? Always that. Yeah. And, and individuals have a strength of weaknesses. Yeah. So if you have a strength, uh, work on your weakness. Yeah. And then you become more rounded. Yeah. If you have a strength and you work on that strength, that strength will get better, but mm. your weakness will get a bigger difference. Yeah. So yeah. if you have a strength, work on it. If you have a weakness, work on that harder. Yeah. And then you become more rounded. 
That's what you're good at. You're already good at it. That's what you're good at. It's like the speed of light. Bear with me. <laughs> it's like I was talking to a physicist once, and I was like, "What's the story about the speed of light?" It's like, I was like, "Well, you know, because because if it's a particle, like the faster something goes, the heavier it becomes." Is it a particle? So, and he was like, "Exactly. That's why it's both a particle and a wave, mm -hmm. because it can't be a particle. Because if it was a particle, then it, it couldn't reach the speed of light. But it can't be a wave because it's projected." As a particle, mm -hmm. so yeah, speed of light, constantly the balance between mass and speed, the fight, the fight between mass and speed. It, it, it's always there, whether it's particle or whole body or yeah. planetary. Yeah, it's always there. Yeah. Well, I'm an accountant, so therefore too boring to answer. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me the second single morning. <laughs> lost me the second you said punt. <laughs> <laughs> says a uh, question from Nashville Shotgun Karate Club. Uh, Valentine said, "How fit do you want? Uh, does one need to be for uh, to start karate?" Well, I think it doesn't take a scientist to say it doesn't at all, right? Mm. Anyone can start. Yeah. Yeah. The thing we train is because uh, you know, I've been through a lot mm. being serious with my hips. Mm. You know, having two hip replacements within six months. Six months. But I found, you see, karate's got a secret, it's kata. Mm. So the kata, if we all did the same kata, I would do it as good as, and as strong as I can. You the same, you the same. So it's totally versatile. Mm. You can put as much or as little as needed into exercise. It's a perfect exercise. Yeah. So you don't need to be fit. You will get fit. Yeah. But you get fit because of, yeah. not get fit to do karate yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, like I said, I joking aside, karate makes karate better. Mm. Simple as that. Mm. So we use all these auxiliary training methods, but the truth is, you know, the punch is the punch. Mm. And the more you do it, the stronger you get. So it doesn't matter if my hips are throwing it out or whether this is going this. When this hits yeah. you, yeah. it hurts. I know. <laughs> I that. Last night. <laughs> And of course, there's a deeper secret. The secret of punching is so, as in the end, we never have to punch. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, question number two uh, Is there an age requirement to practice karate? It's case by case, isn't it? By dojo. From here, we take them from five. I guess you don't have children. Do you? No, I, won't. I don't teach uh, any younger than yeah. 15. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, it's like some dojos, they'll start taking them from like. Three, three and a half, like like you know, kindergarten karate, or even in the womb. Well, they do kick well. Yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, a, a growing child has limitations on their body because mm. you can't overstress it. Uh, once you reach adolescence and you're you're through that major growth phase and your bones are closed up, mm. then you can basically get into the serious <coughs> stuff. Yeah. So anybody training kids just needs to make sure they don't do too much. Or yeah. They, yeah. they can do things. Yeah. That's I mean, just simply physical intelligence. I mean, that's what the, the learning, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Which is the same as any sport. So, not that karate is a sport. Children, youngsters doing karate should play. Mm. Play at karate. Yeah. And that's why, you know, the system I teach that I can't take them below yeah. 15 because yeah. uh, it's all spirit and mind. Yeah. And you don't want to, you want the, the kid to play. Yeah. The child should play much more than they do now. Yeah. The world's making them all too serious. Yeah, yeah certainly in, in this dojo, like the teaching model, especially for the beginner to kind of intermediate level, so like from five to maybe ten years old, is very play orientated. And, yeah. and they, you know, like there's some traditionists out there go, that's terrible, but they no. they enjoy it more, they get more from it, yeah. they improve faster, yeah, and they it gives them a great foundation to then progress to become quite good karate. Um, Okay, uh, Eric has asked, I'd like to know. I would like to point out that my voice is deeper than yours. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, I feel yet again inadequate in other ways. <laughs> um, uh, I'd like to know more about uh, and get further explanation in the snap, karate snap that Scott discussed in his book, Shukari. Um, I can't remember that article actually. Well, karate snap. 
But like you said, I, I guess it's the same thing as what you used to kind of, or you rely on a lot in your karateing, is the, the whip, right? Yeah. Would you like to talk about that? Not really. Okay. Let's talk you about see, that. Uh, <laughs> it was simpler in my day. It's yeah. not going back to saying another good old days. It was simpler. You know, mm -hmm. you learned to punch, you learned to kick. Yeah. Yeah, you learned the mechanics, but they weren't biomechanics, so it yeah. just, that's the way it's done. So you never ever questioned it. Mm. But if you just got somebody raw and showed them a, a technique, let's say a front kick of my going, mm. and sent them away to practice, all these things which we put into it, they would find naturally. Mm. Because the body does it naturally. Yeah. Yeah. If it's got to send the power out in that yeah. way, with the snap of the nucci, it'll automatically tighten the quad, yeah. which will stretch the bicep yeah. here, which will pull it back. Yeah. The hips will automatically curl underneath. Mm. Uh, most of it's automatic. Mm. Yeah, but I said, uh, karate-wise, very important to hit something. Yeah, you know, very yeah. important. There's no to keep hitting the air. You, mm. you need to work on a bag. You need to work on a makawara, mm. and you need to work hit people, yeah. <laughs> basically. Which yeah. is in the dojo, of course. Yeah. I mean, I certainly don't stretch real fighting. Or, yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. But what I'm saying is that if you show somebody that a front kick, but I do that with a front kick. Slowly but surely, the body will automatically find the mechanics mm. to do mm. to do it. it mm. This thing is a, a miracle. Well, mine is. Um, yeah. Yours probably not so much, but you know, it is. It's amazing. <laughs> Let's just point out he was talking about the article I wrote <laughs> in my book. <laughs> um, yeah. I, was, what was gonna, I forgot what I was going to I was going to say something then. I, I told you you should have brought me in. <laughs> oh, me! <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I can't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, who was that? Who asked the question? Eric, I'm sorry. I did have something insightful to say. Come on. Did you want to say anything about that? Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> Let's move on. Moving on. Okay. Uh, uh, Lauren Hart has asked, um, are there any notable structural differences between the let Martin answer first, please. <laughs> <laughs> I must sit in a, a very quiet drink in my coffee. Are there any differences <laughs> between males and females that would require a female to significantly alter certain aspects of uh, karate in reference to stance in particular? Martin! That's it, there we go. Uh, male and female differences. Uh, female pelvis to humerus ratio gives a different cue angle. What's Q angle? Q angle is the basically the angle between the knee and the hip based on the length of the humerus and the width of the hip. Okay. So uh, you'll see this in adolescent growth. So uh, girls growing up, you'll see their, their legs will be straight underneath them. Mm -hmm. And then as they uh, grow and develop, their hips will become wider and they'll start to have their knees pulled in. Okay. And you have the knock knees, heel flare. Oh, okay. That any P teacher will tell you they see in girls as they transition through oh. 10, 11, 12, 13. Oh. So you, you find that their kicking mechanic changes okay. because they have a, a slightly wider hip and a slightly uh, narrower knee in the okay. relationship. Okay. Now that takes a long time, therefore it's not really a problem. Mm. Uh, is it, does this difference exist? Yes. Do you go through a transition? Yes. But it takes time. So as long as you're training through that process, your body will adapt to it as you go. If somebody starts and they've got a very big Q angle, mm. you may find that their stance, their front, their their front stance, their front knee will push in okay. because their hips wider, their knees come together, so the front knee will collapse in more easily. Okay. So they just have to work on keeping it correct. But it, it's easier for the male skeleton to do that than it is mm. the female. So you will, the, the female will, will, ha, will find it more difficult. Mm. I say male and female, everybody varies hugely differently. Mm. Uh, my hips are slightly wider. Mm. I have what I have wide hips, therefore I have to work hard on my knee training. Work and you wear skirts on Thursdays. Only Thursdays, yeah. 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 Only Thursdays, yeah. Yeah. It's not what I heard. Okay. <laughs> Saying nothing. <laughs> okay, so. So yes, there are male female differences. Yeah. Uh, and it's really it's more, more challenging for them to maintain kind of knee stability. It, it, it can be. Yeah. Uh, if they start. Okay. Before. Yeah. After if, the transition. Yeah. If, okay. if they're if they're training through the problem, they, they yeah. probably won't even notice. Okay. And. Um, and the alignment though is the same, is it? The alignment will be slightly different, but their their tendons, ligaments, muscles, and everything else will be will be compensating for okay. that. So there won't yeah. be that much of a difference. Okay. You get a big you get a bigger muscle mass in male than female. Mm -hmm. 
therefore you have a heavier body mass and you have uh, a stronger technique because of the muscle mass. But yeah. the actual muscle itself isn't any different. Yeah. So a female will train hard and gain muscle mass mm. and become strong. It's all in the edits. I can edit this out. Okay. Uh, since you have any, uh, any uh, Let's not to ask me about things like that. <laughs> the difference between men and women. But I've, uh, I treat them all the same. There aren't men and women in my dojo. This is just karate cut. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Auburn then asked, uh, I think this is an important consideration to avoid unnecessary injuries uh, and one I almost never see addressed. Structural difference in lower back, hips, knees and ankles are common and mean that advice <coughs> aimed at a more typically male facility can lead to damage. That's in uh, answer to Lauren's, so to Lauren's question. Yeah. Uh, I would say that you would, we, we get the idea that all males are the same, mm. that it, you've got three karate kai sat on the sofa here, yeah. and they all have completely different physiology. I'm very different. <laughs> Talking about physical, not mental. Oh, okay. <laughs> So you, ha- you have a level of variation. We don't have this dichotomy of male and female yeah. in physical activities. Yeah. You have tall people, short people, white people, strong people. So we have all ranges. Mm. The idea of there being a perfect position yeah. is actually a, a fundamental flaw. Yeah. It's perfect within the limits and range of your physiology. Mm. It doesn't mean that you should forget the front, the front knees collapsing in, yeah. but it means some people will never get that perfect. Yeah. Some people focus so much on pushing the front knee that it yeah. goes beyond. Yeah. which is just as bad as it coming in. Yeah, sure, it's, yeah. There's a range, an optimal range, and you should work to get into it. Yeah. But once you're in that optimal range, further work isn't going to improve it yeah. if you're naturally not predisposed to be able to do it. Yeah. So I think the idea of, of, of getting a, an 18-year-old boy and an 18-year-old girl and forcing the girls to do identical mm. techniques, I'd agree, is wrong. Mm. They have to do it to the best of their ability. Mm. We have all shapes and sizes. But well, equally getting two 18-year-old boys and forcing one to do the same as the other is equally wrong, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, you've got all shapes and sizes of instructors. Of yeah. Yeah. Any course you go to, you'll see different instructors have different yeah. techniques which fit their physiology. Yeah. And they do it very, very well. Yeah. But it's slightly different to everybody else in the class. I think it's just about kind of moving away from that kind of draconian, absolutist teaching, right? Where it must be like this, and if you don't do it like this, it's wrong. And so basically, the, the instructor is just forcing every single person, whether it be male or female, to follow their type of karate, yeah. which is kind of and ego-driven role. I think it. the principle can be... Principle is the same, yeah, yeah. The principle can well, be the same, this is what you must do, yeah. but there is a degree of variation. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've got different guys in our dojo, uh, their chest is so big, it's like it's physically impossible. Mm. You know, they block the sun out for the size of yeah, the yeah. They're that much different. Yeah. So they'll never do it exactly the same, yeah. but they all work very, very hard on doing exactly the same principle. Yeah. I think it's the principle that's important yeah. and working hard at getting it right. Cool. Do as I say, not as I do. Okay. Aristotle. Harry who? He's black, he's lived by me. Harry. Aristotle. Aristotle, yeah. His surname is Stottle. His first name is Harry. His name is Harry Stottle. He came out from Croydon, was it? Came out from Gems. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, what's from Croydon? Yeah, tall guy. Yeah, tall guy. Blonde hair. Three arms. Yeah, that's the one. That's the man. I'm Okay. Uh, okay, Juden from Sri Lanka has said, uh, actually the word Kime is from Kimeru. Kime means only focus, or is it any connection to biomechanics like uh, set of techniques? Uh, Well, I mean, kime, kime just means, kimeru to mean, means to decide, to be decisive. It describes the decisive part of the technique. And I would argue that that is either when your arm leg finishes the, the stretch or you hit something. I mean, that's basically like the, the Japanese when they say, you know, ukete, kimete, they're saying receive the technique and then be decisive. Well, we translate that as block counter. So... It, I think it's just kind of, it's gone from, it's gone from kind of, in a, in, a, in a Japanese terminology sense, it's gone from just being a description of how you want to be, how you want to act, to being, becoming a thing that especially the West has kind of really taken on board of kime is something. 
Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a big misunderstanding there. But that's not having said that. Is Kim a as you sense of of kind of when we hit something or when we kind of lock in? Is that actually a thing? Yeah, well, you can be described. Yeah? If you if you take Kimmy to be a locking, then it's a muscular tension. Yep. With your agonist antagonist muscles locking at position. Mm. Uh, if you look at the skeletal system, it's the end of the range of motion. Mm. And if you coordinate the end of the skeletal range of motion with a muscular contraction, then you'll have a completion of the technique. Uh, if I've but got broken right elbow and a non-broken left elbow, so my skeletal structure is different right mm. to left, but it will go to the end mm. of that range of motion, the end Finish. of the technique, mm. finishes. That's what I was always, always taught from Takashi, Kime mm. is to finish. Mm. So finish, that's all sorts of things. Mm. Finish mm. the technique, so therefore everything has to be correct. So if you said uh, Yakuzuki or Kime, they this has to be finished, mm. this has to be mm. finished, this has to be finished. Mm. So my understanding of Kime is really very simple, finish. Mm. So to finish mm. everything, all the motion stops mm. at that point. Yeah. But like, but then if you're actually hitting something, you know, so my, my problem with, with conceptualizing it in this way is that that Kime point where everything finishes, the end of the range of motion, mm. the locking in of the muscles, everything coordinating to finish is then counterproductive because then what it teaches people is that that this is the strongest part of the technique when actually you're you're rapidly slowing down your technique your 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 the 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 strength you know the bell curve strength of, of your muscle is being depleted by the time it gets to the end of range of motion so if you're actually going to hit something hard then you're never going to hit them at, at this end of range of motion you're going to hit them that middle third and so people People kind of have made Kime into a thing and then think that this locking in is the powerful point when it's actually not. Yeah, you've got, again, it's, it's conceptualization. Mm. So if, if you, uh, I talked to Ross about this last night, you get a heavy bag mm. and you put a blindfold on and you swing the bag and you hit it. Yeah. And wherever you hit that bag, wherever it is, it may be at the full extension, maybe half extension, but if your technique doesn't finish on impact, mm then y your body will collapse when you do it. Yeah. But if you actually finish the technique at impact at the correct point, then you can taste correct the pot, everything yeah. else coordinates to finish the technique. Yeah. And that's a, a connection, a finish, a, a full technique. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean full technique is my arm is extended yeah. completely all the way around. Yeah. It means full when it yeah. hits. When yeah. it hits, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. finished. Yeah. But just like everything else in life, nothing ever finishes. Mm. It is the start of the next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you made them correct, you could say, "Oh, it means this." It doesn't mean when it hits yeah. what it's aimed at. Yeah. That's Kimei. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. Can I hit you? No, not against the team. <laughs> <laughs> Only one one hit per visit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think I think people often misunderstand Kimei when when they don't hit stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a it's a mm. little bit it's a little bit like trying to kind of describe love and have never felt it, and oh, it's like this, 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 and this, and this, and it never really kind of like you just you're just talking you're just talking See? kind of nonsense, right? <laughs> Told you, love. It would always come back to. You. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like you never quite understand what it is until you feel it. You know what I'm saying? Listen. No, we too well. <laughs> okay. So, so all I'm saying is like hit something, and then you never really discuss what Kimmy is. Yeah, no, you yeah. understand. Yeah, totally. Love you, did. It's really vital for yeah. Grafica, especially Shotokai, yeah. to hit things yeah, yeah. because yeah. we don't do it enough. Yeah, for sure. And in fact, you get a lot of Shotokai, Shotokans, you know, uh, actually saying, these, "Oh, don't do that." You know, that, like the MMA fighters, mm. they can fight. Yeah. You know, yeah. so this moving the pads and striking it, heavy bag work, makawari, yeah. it, it's vital. Yeah. It's yeah. as important as Garambarai. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, any advice on stances for folks who, this is from Rebatan in Pittsburgh, who overpronate and might have, um, might not have arches?
Okay. Uh, arch of the foot, it's it's anatomical structure. Some people have high arches, some people have low arches, some people have flat feet. Uh, it is a biomechanical structure that they've grown up with. Mm. And the fact that they have flat feet or dropped arches. So what does overpronate mean? Well, you've got a supination and pronation. So okay. it's just the rotation of the ankle. So as you okay. heel strike and roll, and some people will flatten out their foot. Okay. That's yeah. overpronate. And some people will flatten a lot more than others. Okay. I don't because I have a high arch in my yeah. foot. So I'll roll yeah. through. Yeah. Uh, people, some people will say so you don't have an arch and you can't have the correct foot position. Uh, it, it's not correct. Yeah. Uh, what you find is if you overpronate and it changes your ankle and then pushes the knee in mm. and then drops the hip, mm. well then yeah, that's not correct. Mm. But all you do is you, if you have feet that overpronate and the bottom of the arches, then you just correct with a small correction of the ankle, small correction of the knee, small correction mm. to maintain a better alignment. Okay. Will it be exactly the same as somebody who has high arches? No, it won't. Mm. But will it, can it still be effective? Mm. Yes, it can. Mm. It just needs they need more proprioception awareness. Yeah. Rather than just doing front stance, yeah. you need to be aware of your foot, aware of your knee, aware mm. of your hip, which too many people just do front stance. Mm. Whereas if you find I've got a bad knee, then I'll know my knee's not right. Mm. I've got a foot that overpronates, I know it's my foot. Yeah. Well, it's good that aware of that, yeah. but if you're aware of everything, then you just correct it. You correct every single bit in the chain, mm. a small amount, mm. and you'll get the better. Yeah, of course, it goes back to what we were saying, that the body is so natural. Mm. I've got so many injuries, and this is so broke, yeah. you know, from yeah. tra years of training, that I don't have to think uh, that my, to turn my foot out, come up if I'm sore drawing or from Caesar, my body did it. I didn't decide that if I turn my foot out, it mm. takes the pain out of my knee, mm. even though that's the correct shape. Mm. The, the body's a, an amazing thing. It, it will make these alterations itself. And sometimes when we analyze, look into it and try and change it, you know, it's wrong. But the, you know, to, whenever your technique lands, it always flattens everybody. So oh. therefore everybody's flat, Yeah. yeah. You know. But it, it does it itself. Yeah. This is it's interesting and it's entertainment learning about it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it improves sports mm. at different levels. I mean, the sportsmen today are, are so much stronger, faster, and better than they were mm. because of biomechanics and the rest of the understanding. But at the end of the day, this does it. Yeah. It will do it. Mm. You get you try and experiment, get a beginner, and just show them a punch and send them off to do it. The, you'll be surprised what they come back with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's like that sweat equity, isn't it? You've got to put sweat equity into your training. You can't just sit there and think about it. You've actually got to pay for it by allowing your body to find the way. Yeah, until it breaks. Only when the shell is broken will the inside of the egg reveal itself. Mao Tung. Again, another friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Mousy, Mousy. Yeah, no, Mousy. We called him Mousy, yeah, and uh, yeah. he was part of the Tung family. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't Mousy a, a short abbreviation of Matthew? It probably in was. The, in the north. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tung. Mousy, yeah, yeah. So I knew them both. Yeah. Okay. Hope that helped, Reva. Uh, Sean, um, flexibility can be a challenge with karate, particularly coming into uh, in uh, to it late in life. I've read a lot of debate around how best. Um, to increase flexibility or range, particularly with kicks. It's something that I spend a lot of time working on with little return or of any significance. Much of what I have read suggests basic stretching, static stretching will never be enough to, uh, so my question is one, how much um, of a part does an individual natural body mechanics play in their ability to increase flexibility and range, i.e. are you naturally uh, limited? And two, what are the best ways to actually achieve the goal of increase increasing flexibility and range question number two mm. uh, there's a huge range of, of flexibility uh, as far as people first starting some people are naturally flexible mm. have good range of movement the joints have uh, lengthy muscles have flexible muscles others don't mm. uh, everybody can get better mm. however getting Getting a lot better in flexibility takes up a lot of hard work and time, and you need enough flexibility to do the technique correctly. Mm. You don't need to be able to push your head vertically into the ceiling and then go behind your neck because that's mm. of no use to any yeah. technique. So we get hung up on, on flexibility. You need to do it. Yeah. You need to have range of motion. 
the idea of static stretching versus dynamic stretching is that there's, there's huge amounts of literature about it. Mm. You will get better if you do dynamic stretching. Mm. What we do in karate is dynamic. Mm. And a lot of our warm-up routines, a lot of our training routines are dynamic flexibility. Mm. So you, if you're struggling with flexibility, train more. <laughs> if you come up against a wall where your technique won't work, mm. then you can do some static stretching specific to that area to okay. make it better. Okay. But you people over-focus on flexibility. Yeah. Everybody needs to do it. But it can be incorporated into sessions yeah. and it can be incorporated in your own practice and you need enough flexibility to do your techniques but going beyond that mm. and focusing just on the flexibility it doesn't enhance the technique yeah. so yes flexibility is important everybody's different everybody's different level mm. everybody can get better but how much better do you need to be in order to do the technique you're trying to do Uh, it boils down to that everybody is just themselves, yeah. you know. You must always strive to become better than you are, mm. not try to copy somebody who's not you. Mm. Therefore, uh, trying to do somebody else's karate is mm. detrimental. Mm. You just do your own. You, mm. you know, I was always quite flexible because mm. I started so young. Uh, but it didn't make no difference. I, We've got people, I've got people in my dojo that are very stiff. Mm. You know, it's just phys no matter how much stretching they do, they're that. But again, the body finds ways around the technique. Mm. You know, so. I think one of the issues is that, like, karate instructors, whether they be in a local dojo or an international level, they tend to be physical outliers, don't they? They tend to be the yes. ones that are naturally physically talented and mm. maybe naturally physically uh, flexible and stuff like that and then they become the norm mm -hmm. like they're the ones that we uh, that the students are trying to emulate when actually you know they're the outliers so so yeah I think absolutely you find your own karate don't you rather well than it boils down to uh, uh, it's this that's good yeah not the, not the person inside it so mm -hmm. when you see these you know really outstanding karate kids who do certain yoga mm -hmm. it's their body that's doing that yeah they might have the drive and the will yeah but somebody has that hasn't got that ability has to work twice as hard and yeah. never gets anywhere closer yeah. but yeah. the way means the way yeah. walking it yeah. so when you understand that it's not god he's good no he's not his body's good mm. yeah. it's as simple as that yeah. i also though like which probably may be a little bit different but i also in my years of teaching i've often found people who are that there's i've often found people who have really stiff thinking tend to also be quite stiff. Yeah, definitely. R like rigid. Mm. Like some people who are just so bomb, that's the way, tend yeah. to be very, you know. It's like I said last night, the essence of karate is simple, it's freedom. Yeah. And to find freedom is a very deep philosophical yeah. thing. It's freedom in accepting the way we are getting it as good as we can but also freedom means no dogma mm. you know mm. be, be who you are mm. okay I just dress up if you want yeah it's okay on Thursdays yeah dress up Thursdays okay. yeah, as a scientist you want to talk about the mind-body connection of stiffness in both thought and body uh, no okay. I didn't think so somehow <laughs> Just anecdotal evidence. Anecdotal evidence. Okay, last one, and then last I'll one. take you to the airport, shall I? Thank you. Uh, getting punched by a sensei is a great way. To, this is from Ross again. A great insight into what um, is happening physically with their bodies when they perform technique. Uh, however, last night uh, when we were talking about how sometimes uh, there can be a factor that goes beyond the biomechanics with certain sensei. Um, and how, for example, Rick Sensei and Steve, Steve Uber Sensei, I guess, um, each have incredible technique but are totally unique ways. Can this individual individuality be practiced through physical training or is it something else entirely? Well, Depends how many guineas you've had. <laughs> usually. Yeah. See, I mean, I've been hit by a lot of different instructors. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you have. I have. And you, it, again, it's that experiential learning. Mm. It's when you get hit by somebody, if you're listening, yeah. if your body is listening, you will feel 
that that technique. Yeah. One of the things I feel with all the good instructors who ever hit me is their connectedness. Mm. There, there seems to be a lot more power mm. than you would think by looking at it. Yeah. And that's a commonality. Uh, but there are vast differences between people's techniques. Mm. And you can feel that mm. in, 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 in when you get hit as well. Yeah. Uh, but that's the development of your own clarity. That's mm. your, if, ev if everybody felt the same when they hit you, then that everybody mm. would be doing the same thing. And we're it's not. called OW. OW. Mm -hmm. Is that the technical thing? OW. OW. Yeah. Not so all. it's like just as important as you make. Yeah. When you get OW. What the, the, the person does kine and the, the receiver does ow. Yeah. Okay. They go together. Yeah. And you notice that when you often when you get hit by your sensei, you're actually standing still. Yeah. While he demonstrates yeah. your rackums and things. Yeah. And then you get hit. Yeah. Yeah. That's ow. I did. I, I, I experienced that last night. Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough. I didn't. Yeah. I just said it internally though. I yeah. Went, ow. Yeah. Followed by another word. Uh, yeah. Bastard followed. No. 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 He does. <laughs> I think I said bastard more in Japan than any other word <laughs> as I spit blood. You know, it sort of went yeah. together. So, but there's a routine to it. Ow, bastard! And it becomes a, a secret. Yeah. Itch, ow! Me, bastard! Sun. That sums it all up, really, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Good place to finish. Yeah, it does. Uh, did you. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that works for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that works. <laughs> okay, on that wonderful uh, note, uh, then uh, I want to thank uh, Rick Sensi for being the guest in our uh, heavily based biomechanical scientific <laughs> study of karate, and of course our regular master of uh, of science, Doctor Martin Sensi. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Oops. Thank you, Thank gentlemen. You. <laughs> I did warn you. That's great. <laughs> <coughs>